T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey. This is the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 The Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and it is a feel-good Friday, so going to make you feel good on the way with some reggae music. Make you say, Irie, Joe Rose Show, talking to Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki about camp and some player assessments. The Dan Levitard Show, they're going to be touching base, pardon the pun, with Tim Kirkjian and talking about the unspoken rules in baseball. Then Hawk and Crowder, they're talking about Tua and Rosen's plans. Right now, I'm giving you the headlines. Ryan Fitzpatrick missed Dolphins practice today due to personal reasons. They are not believed to be COVID-related. Minnesota won last night's NBA lottery and will draft number one overall on October 20th. The Heat go for a 3-0 series lead on the Pacers tomorrow at 3.30. The Marlins did not play last night due to Mets players testing positive for COVID-19. Miami plays Washington tonight in just a few minutes. Inter-Miami will host their first home MLS game tomorrow at 8 against Orlando City. No fans will be in attendance. Soon, the NCAA will decide how fall eligibility will be counted. Miami opens its season September 10th at home against UAB. Patriots receiver Julian Edelman says the QB competition at camp has great new energy and that Cam Newton works his tail off. Miami plays in New England week one on September 13th. And now, after a long week, exhale. We're taking a step into the day spa. Ah... A group of ninjas broke into a Japanese ninja museum and stole a safe containing almost $10,000. Now that is the student becoming the teacher. A German university is offering students a $1,900 grant to do nothing. Man, I had a ton of friends in college who majored in doing nothing, so they would have been perfect for this. A ghost has been spotted on closed-circuit TV floating around a Great Britain construction site. Although workers were spooked, they still gave her an obligatory Hey, 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 mama. A new poll shows women finding Scottish, Australian, and Brazilian accents the most sexy. The only thing sexier? The language of having a whole lot of money. And it's both country star Casey Musgraves and actress Hayden Pianeter's birthday today. Ooh, double hot messes of the day. Ah, now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures in the mid-80s. This morning, Joe Rose Show, they didn't mail it in because it was Friday. They got up early on a Friday, which isn't always easy, but they make it seem so easy to do. And they touched base with Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki talking about what is a normal day of camp like? 
Dolphins getting ready for that season opener. Let's go. Also, what does Chan Gailey's new offense look like? Catching two lefty passes might be a little different. We'll find out. And also, thoughts on the Rosen one. Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Kosicki joins us this morning from Dolphins Training Camp. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, man? How we doing? We're doing great. And, uh, Mike, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to here real quickly with you, man, starting with run us through a normal day of camp with this COVID-19 and all this new protocol and all the new rules and regulations. Walk me through a few of the things that uh, maybe fans don't know you guys are doing every day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, a little unique, different than it has been. I'm getting ready to pull up to the facility here pretty soon and uh, go get tested. So you walk in, you get tested, temperature taken, all that kind of stuff. Wearing masks around the building, hand sanitizer everywhere, certain sides of the building you can walk on, other sides you have to walk out on and all that kind of stuff. So definitely been, uh, it's been different, but, uh, you know, we're making uh, we're making the most of our opportunities right now. Hey, uh, and then the other part of this is uh, just jump on this real quickly because we heard uh, – Coach Gailey talking yesterday about how things are slow coming together after three days. What's been the biggest difference with Coach O'Shea and Chan Gailey's new offense that you've noticed? Football is football, you know, so I think if, you know, you're going to go out there, you're going to know your role, you're going to know your assignment, you know, you go out there and you play to the best of your ability. For me, I think the biggest thing is just kind of, you know, knowing my role where where I am in the formation and, you know, what uh, side of the concept I'm on and knowing how to get open, whether it's man, zone, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think for the most part, uh, you know, football is football to me. And, uh, you know, there's only so many different routes you can call, only so many different concepts you can run, all that kind of stuff. It's been a good transition. I think a lot of the guys have, uh, you know, made a lot of Play, so it's been fun. I gotta ask you this because I know that people make a big deal about this, and I wanted to ask you personally. Uh, since you're at Penn State, it looks like, and I read an article, five different offensive coordinators, including Chan Gailey this year. Does that make a big difference in in someone's play or someone learning the system every year? Because I know that obviously with Chan this year, it might be a little bit different than it was with O'Shea, like you said. But having five since you started playing, I think in 20, uh, 2014 or whatever, is that a big difference for you personally? It is, uh, it's crazy, you know, just because like so much change and all that kind of stuff. But just like I said, like when I first started playing at, you know, Penn State and, you know, learning something new back then, it was like, it was a big deal to me then. But now it, I've come to realize that it's just, you know, it's all the same stuff. You know, you just call it something different. So it's just learning the terminology. It's just, it's just a small transition. I think it's, you know, honestly, you know, made me a better player, uh, prepared me for, you know, quick change and all that kind of stuff and just adapting. So uh, I think it's been good. Mike, uh, as you probably know by now, locally and nationally, every day is a Tua update for, for everybody out there. He's a popular yeah. guy, as, as you already know. I was just curious. You've been around him, and I, I see you talking to him a little bit. But also, have you ever caught from a left-handed passer before? Is this the first time you've been around a left-handed passer? I've never, I've never caught from a lefty before, and um, I was... A little, you know, not nervous or skeptical about it, but, you know, just thinking about it, going into it. And I'll tell you that, I mean, I've caught, you know, numerous passes from now in practice. He throws a super, super tight spiral. You can't even tell that the ball's spinning in a different direction because, uh, I mean, it's just, it just looks like it's still in midair. So, you know, so far, so good. You know, it's funny you said that because I told these guys yesterday, I never caught a pass in my whole life, even as a little kid, not even a little fat kid down the street, <laughs> threw me a left-handed. I never, I never had one, so I was wondering. I go, 
Then I was thinking last night, I wonder if that's a dumb question. Is it any different? But you were kind of wondering the same thing a little bit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing um, just because I've never played with a left-handed quarterback. And I have heard that, you know, the ball spins a different way and uh, can be a little bit, you know, different uh, to get used to. So that was something I was thinking about going into. And then I caught the first ball from him and I completely forgot about it just because, like I said, you know, it's a great ball and uh, easy to catch. So you're lining up on offense, and when everyone's healthy on that offense, especially the, the wide receivers, tight ends, running backs there, Devontae on one side, Preston Williams on the other. How much with those two guys being out there does it help you in the middle of the field uh, with matchups and matchup issues maybe with linebackers or the safety or whatnot? How much does that help you when both those guys are out there healthy? Those guys on the outside definitely make it a lot easier to, uh, you know, get – you know, single coverage on inside. Um, it's hard to, you know, double the tight end when, you know, you got Preston out there who had a great over his injury and you got uh, Devontae out there who three or four and receiving yards and receptions and touchdowns, all that kind of stuff last year. So those guys earned it. I, I guess I got to get new uh, new phone service. I'm, dri- I'm driving over to the, the building. <laughs> No, no, you're good. Um, no, but, you know, th- yeah, no, those guys are obviously great players, and they, they're going to uh, attract a ton of attention. So it's going to, uh, you know, make my job or, you know, anybody on the inside's job uh, a whole lot easier. Hey, Mike, go to the last five or six games last year where you really caught fire, uh, a- a- and along with Devontae and really the one-two punch of what the numbers you guys put up. What changed for you? Was it more comfortable at the offense, even down in the red zone? You become more of a target. What do you think happened? Yeah, it was a mixture of a couple of things. Uh, I think it was, you know, just, you know, hard work paying off. I think it was, you know, understanding, you said earlier, you know, man coverage, zone coverage, getting open here, finding open spaces there. I think it was a lot of it just had to do with uh, opportunities and playing with Fitz. Uh, you know, Fitz has had a lot of success in this league, and he's made um, you know, a lot of other people around him successful. So uh, I think that, you know, for that stretch and second half of the year, whatever you want to call it, uh, he gave me a ton of opportunities to go out and make plays. And I think that when you have opportunities in this league, you got to make the most of it. And that's what I was able to do. You, you know what I like the most uh, for you and Devontae? A lot of the balls were thrown the same places where even if the coverage was tight, Ryan had confidence in you guys and still threw your ball. You both can go up and get it. I thought that was just huge, man, the confidence that he showed in you because it's got to help you so much, especially after year one of, of basically not getting coached at all to have a new coaching staff and a quarterback believing you had to be huge, huh? Oh, it was great, yeah. I mean, and then just playing with him, um, you know, I think that you know, he taught me a ton um, and, you know, will continue to teach me uh, this season as well. When he has faith in you and trusts you like that, you know, you're covered and he's still going to throw you the ball and give you an opportunity to go up and make a play and you make that play. Uh, I think that that, uh, that that trust and that connection just continues to grow. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun that, that uh, second half of last year. Mike, I know year by year in the offseason you try to work on things, uh, you know, to get better as a player. Is there any specifics in this offseason here, even though it was kind of the weird offseason that you worked on as as a player to get better? You know, obviously you can't sit out there and, and catch the ball, you know, every single day from your quarterback. But is there anything that you did this offseason specifically that made Mike Kosicki a better football player? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what I was trying to do was, uh, you know, become a better player, you know, mentally um, in terms of, you know, identifying defenses and, you know, trying to see things happen before they happen, see it through the eye, uh, through the eyes of the quarterback. Because I feel like when you can anticipate things, then you can play faster, and uh, it's going to help you, you know, get open and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's been something that I've that I've really focused on. So you're just going to always continue to, you know, work on the blocking and, the, you know, the technique and the fundamentals and all that kind of stuff. Because, uh, you know, the more plays I'm in, and you know, the 
the more I can do on the line of scrimmage, uh, it'll help me, you know, get open and, you know, make plays in the past game. Hey, Mike, uh, I saw your press conference the other day, man. I thought you handled like a champ when uh, you were asked a scouting report about getting engaged and what she was like. I started laughing <laughs> my ass. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> that, was, that was the first question. I popped in and I was expecting, like, hey, Mike, talk to us about Chan Gailey's offense. And I'm like, that. And they're like, hey, Mike, I saw you got engaged. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just had to. You know, go off the top of my head. Mike, I wanted to do an entire interview this morning just on that. Oh, John man. to talk me out of it, right? John. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Great girl. Great girl. Likes the beach. Uh, <laughs> we enjoy her offseason. Met her at Penn State. Oh, my God. It was uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. I'm going to give Joe Shad a hard time when yeah. I see him today. Don't worry, Mike. That was uh, that was good stuff. Yeah, it, was, hey, it, was, it was great. How about, how about the Big Ten? Yeah. What are your thoughts about what the Big Ten's done? No, no football. Penn State's got some great players going to go in the first and second round again. What do you think uh, about the Big Ten? decision not to play it's interesting um i think that it's devastating for the guys on the team and you know the guys in that conference that their opportunity to go out and you know make some noise and play maybe some some of their last uh, years of football so it's unfortunate uh you know hopefully they can figure something out for uh you know maybe the spring or something like that whatever they're uh, discussing or talking about obviously you know everything right now is a you know pretty unique you know hopefully everybody can get it all figured out i i hear you i hope we're playing hey um we haven't asked you about this before we let you go josh rosen he looks like the first day or two he looked just being out there looks like he's throwing a really sharp pass even at the point i thought maybe threw the ball even better that first day and i've seen him throw it um what have you noticed with josh who's kind of the forgotten guy when we talk about the quarterbacks you know when you look at josh played in Arizona and then got traded um, after his rookie year to us. And then so he's been kind of learning on the fly. So I think for him to just kind of be in the same building, be around some of the same coaches, the same guys, throwing with the same receivers, I think that that, you know, when you're a quarterback, you know, it's not easy to, you know, just pick up and change and then, you know, learn something new and throw to different guys and be on target and be on rhythm and all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that's been huge for him. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for, for his future. You know, like I like like you said, you know, I feel like, you know, he's a really talented player. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I'm super excited for him. Mike, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us, man. Yeah, no doubt, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I hope you guys have a good Friday. You we too, will, Mike. I'm going to come out and watch you catch some footballs today. Thank you, Mike. Thank there you. it is. Perfect. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> You know Joe Rose went out and watched some football practice today. He's probably got the media passes. He passed the COVID-19 test and was just out there in his element. You can catch him in his radio element weekday mornings from 6 to 10 right here on 560 The Joe. Then following The Joe Rose Show, you get a little bit of this. But I'm just not sure in the big leagues you should just give up after seven innings, stop trying to score runs and everything else. Tim Kirchin talking with the Dan Lebitard show about the unwritten rules of baseball. Buckle up. It is going to be exciting. Plus, it's a feel-good Friday. Going to smooth you out into the weekend with some reggae music next on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on 560 The Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and it is a feel-good Friday. So got music from Birthday Boy, Holly Buds. It's actually from New Orleans, just like me, although he doesn't sound like he's from New Orleans. Nonetheless, he's got the reggae in his heart, kind of like me. 39 years young. Collie Buds with a little loving reggae for your feel good Friday. Yeah. 
later, you know what you mean after. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I can only live my life one way. All I wanna do every day is smoke, drink, and love my girl to some reggae. I call her on the phone, tell her I'm coming up so get ready. Yes, indeed. That is some weekend music for you right there. Also, some baby-making music from Kali Buds. Happy birthday once again from one Wody to the next out of New Orleans. Love and reggae. Kali Buds, love and reggae. From one Dan to the next, Dan Lebetard. He is on from 10 to noon now on 560 The Joe. And there's been a lot of crazy talk in baseball lately about non-written rules. So he got Tim Kirchin on the show. First, they talked about A-Rod. Is he going to own the Mets? Who were supposed to play Miami yesterday, but meh, no go because of COVID-19. Baseball's unwritten rules, they touch upon that. Who are some of the rising young stars in the MLB? And watch out for those streaking Astros. Tim Kirkshin with us now on ESPN Radio. Uh, Tim, thank you as always for making the time for us. Uh, can you tell us what's happening with the Mets and A-Rod and J-Lo and the, sell, uh, the selling of that team? I'm no expert on these things, Dan, but I think most indications are that he, his group has a real chance to buy the Mets. At least that's what I gathered in the last couple of days. We'll see if that works out. Uh, the Wilpons are going to have to sell that team eventually, and it appears that A-Rod's group has the money to do it and the support and the backing to do it. So we'll see if they follow through. Have you heard anything, Tim, that explains uh, Mets-Marlins game canceled last night, that once we get 40, 50, 60 games into this or in the playoffs, if another team has an uh, outbreak, like what are they going to do? They can't do... Is there a is there a plan after just hey let's have a bunch of double headers? I don't think there is a plan, Dan, because we've been making it up on the fly the entire season anyway. Now, do they have possibilities if if there is an outbreak? Yes, that's one reason they're trying to come up with a bubble idea to see if there is an outbreak. Maybe they can control it better in a bubble, or maybe they control it worse in a bubble. This is the point. Is I think we've been flying day by. Day day on this and when a roadblock comes up they sidestep it by saying all right we're going to play seven inning double headers or we're going to have 16 playoff teams we're making this up as we go and i think we all better be prepared for that's the way the rest of the season is going to go including the postseason timmy the padres out of nowhere became one of the most exciting teams in baseball i love them uh any issues this past week with what tatis jr did uh swinging hitting a grand slam late in a game that was pretty much over i certainly don't have a problem with that i think i think we pay our players to play nine innings unless it's a doubleheader now then they only play seven but i'm just not sure in the big leagues you should just give up after seven innings stop trying to score runs and everything else. Now, would I have given Tatis the 3-0 swing there? No, because potentially it could anger and upset the other team, which might make them play harder and beat me the next time. The old school, when you do something like that, somebody gets thrown at, so one of my players is going to get hurt if one of my guys swings 3-0 up by 10 runs. I asked Tory Hunter, one of the real smart guys in the game, one of the real pros, six years ago for a story I was writing, 
what would happen if you swung 3-0 and up 10 runs in the eighth inning? He said the next day someone would get killed. That's how it works. Given that baseball players are, you know, it's a hard game played by hard men, and they're the meanest, most remorseless people I've ever met in my life, and they're going to come get you one way or another, I wouldn't have let Tatis swing there. But do I have a problem with a 21-year-old guy hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch? I don't care what the score is. No, I don't. Does Doug Peterson look like he woke up in a car? Put that on the poll, Guillermo, at Levitard Show. Does Doug Peterson look like he woke up in a car? Uh, How good is Fernando Tatis Jr.? Like, if I say to you, Tim, give me the three best young players in the game that you would want right now, would he crack your top three? Yes, it would be him, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Juan Soto. Those would be the three I would take because they're so exceptionally young that they have so much time in front of them. And I, and Soto is an unbelievably good hitter. Acuna Jr. is a, is a freak of nature with the, with the power that he has. But Tatis is a shortstop. He hits at the top of the order. He can make every play in the field. He can run like the wind. And he hits 30 homers in his first 100 major league games. And he's got way more than that now. So, yes, you have to put him in there given the position he plays and the skill required to play a premium defensive position like that. And his speed uh, is a separator. So, yes, he would be one of the top three young, young players that I would take. Does Mike Budenholzer look like apprehension? Put that on the poll as well, Guillermo. Does Budenholzer look like apprehension? Or does he look more like an overcooked lima bean? That's not terrible. He does look. In fact, do it this way. Budenholzer, what does he more look like? Apprehension or an overcooked lima bean? Tim, in terms of those dumb, dumb, unwritten rules, like what do you think is dumbest about baseball? Like one that makes you go, oh, come on, guys. That that right there is stupid. I'm not even sure it's an unwritten rule. What I will never understand, and the one thing that upsets me terribly, is a team gives up three home runs in a row. And the pitcher stinks. He can't get anybody out. So he gets the next guy off the plate by hitting him or throwing at him. You're not diving over the plate against me anymore. So because the pitcher is so terrible, he's going to take it out on the other team by throwing at them. Look, I don't like throwing at anybody, but if you cheap shot the shortstop, take him out, break his leg, you're going to get hit the next time up, and I understand that. But if it's just because you're better than the pitcher that you deserve to get thrown at, that is the most ridiculous thing in all the years that I've covered, and that really troubles me. Timmy, last week Dan asked you about Al- uh, Altuve. He's off to a you know a slow, slowish start. He's picked it up as of late. But as a team, uh, they have won eight straight. And I'm just looking back at that story, the mere suggestion that that team was great because of some video cameras and a garbage can is patently absurd. That team is talented, Tim. Well, of course it is, too, guys. That team has been really good for several years now and even though what they did was reprehensible they should have been punished for it there'll be an imaginary asterisk next to that championship forever to say that jose altuve only hit because he knew what was coming is ridiculous and even when you do know what's coming against today's pitching you still no guarantee you're gonna hit a ball hard or get a hit their lineup is ridiculously good. And even though Jordan Alvarez went down, what a rookie year he had. When that team's lineup is together, it is 
devastating. And lately, they've gotten great starting pitching from almost from nowhere. And just another reminder, the manager there, who's 71 years old, has a pretty good idea what he's doing. Chris, do you want to take up this argument that you're having in the chat with Tim Kirkshen instead of having it just in the chat? Let's speak in front of his face instead of behind his back. What do you have for Tim Kirkshen? I mean, he's talking about three guys that he'd rather have, like young talent in the major leagues, and I just think he's sleeping on the Marlins' third baseman, the groundskeeper, Brian Anderson. The groundskeeper? <laughs> uh, Tim, uh, does Jim Harbaugh look like the overly invested father at a Little League baseball game? game who won't stop taunting and yelling at the umpire from the bleachers even though he was thrown out two innings ago and his wife is begging him to please leave does randy scott look like the child photographer whose go-to toy for getting toddlers to smile is the bicycle horn does adam silver look like dracula's vampire accountant named calcula Does Jim Schwartz looks like he brings his own putter to a miniature golf course? Does Adam Silver look like the lone librarian who spends his days slowly wheeling a creaky wooden cart of returned books through the echoey halls of a purportedly haunted library? Does Mike Krzyzewski look like the mailman who continues to wear shorts and long socks despite the fact that it's now winter and 23 degrees? We got so many good ones here today, Stugatz. Does Brad Stevens look like a high school math teacher who tricks out trig and gets jiggy with geometry did we do better than uh than doug peterson looked like you woke up in a car which was your favorite one which oh one? you gotta go calcula calcula yeah. was really yeah. good great yeah adam silver you can't go wrong there it's does, terrible. He's so good, too. Does Adam Silver look like he was freshly hatched? Ooh, that's a good one right there. Gotta love that because Tim Kirchin's so serious about his reporting, so serious about baseball, then he can't stop laughing at the end of the interview. Glorious. Speaking of glorious, Hawk and Crowder. It looked like the from the review I read that uh, Tua Tonga-Valoa and Josh Rosen looked awful. That is not glorious. We'll explain more, plus some Huckman highlights, crowd or crowd pleasers, five minutes away here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on 560 The Joe WQAM over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. It is a feel-good Friday, and this is my all-time favorite reggae artist, the crown prince of reggae, Dennis Brown, and my favorite song from him, Westbound Train. Hopefully that takes you to a happy place on this Friday as you go into the weekend, which is my happy place always. Looking like the storm Laura going to miss us, although looking out the window right now, it doesn't look like it's missing us. It looks like it's coming, but nonetheless, supposed to be missing us. Maybe you can get some beach time in, some outdoors time in, some social distancing time in, and just kind of vibe out this weekend. 
I know I'm going to be doing that. Missed out on a lot of sleep this past week. Went fishing with Crowder and Solana on Sunday. I was up at 3.15 in the morning. Stayed up all day fishing. Fell down on the boat a couple times. I just never caught up on my sleep. So tonight it's Netflix, some beers, and tomorrow hopefully beach, beers, Netflix, Inter-Miami soccer. Just a good time. Some heat basketball. Yeah, that's the type of weekend we're looking for. Of course, we got Dolphins on the horizon. We're going to be covering all those games here on 560 The Joe. Speaking of the Dolphins, Crowder, he played for the Dolphins. Hawk, he loves the Dolphins. He did go to the U. Hawk and Crowder, weekdays 2 to 6, right here on 560 The Joe. They're up to their usual foolishness. We're going to get to the Hawkman highlights, Crowder crowd pleasers, in just a few minutes. But right now, the two are talking parlay, parlay, parlay. Tua looking uh, not so good. And Rosen. He's got a long-term plan. Of the way a Friday feels. Sports too. Oh my goodness. This is. This I know. Is about. Like real. Like things is happening. There's there's sports and there's gambling and there's you know less than three weeks now from NFL season and I'm watching playoff basketball right now. Raptors and Nets and. By the way, who said Bucks Lakers oh. parlay last night? Let's go! The Hawk train was riding heavy last night, baby. Tell you what, man, we had a big Wednesday night with Crowder's Mavericks money line, and we uh, we made it even greater with a Bucks Lakers parlay last night. I the uh, you watch the end of the Bucks game, by the way, because we were giving 13 points, and it very easily could have been one of those awful bad beats uh, Bro, at the end of the game. I don't want to go blue streak on you. I mean, not what is it? Um, not blue streak. What is it? Blue, blue chips. chips. Blue chips. <laughs> but, bro, somebody knew the spread in that game. It was crazy. It was crazy because the Bucks dribbled the ball out. They got the ball. They were up 15, and they got the ball back with about 30 seconds, 30, and about 40 seconds. Dribbled the ball out, dribbled the 24 second clock out. So now there's 15 seconds on the clock. Orlando has the ball. Now they're down 15, but you know that they're just going to come down and jack up a three for fun, and it's going to make it a 12 point game, and we're going to lose, mm-hmm. and it's going to kill the spread. Sure as bleep, they dribbled out the last 15 seconds, which, oh my God. And if you had Orlando plus the points, oh. you're dying. Like you're, you're like, shoot, shoot. I've been on that side of that as well. Like, they messed up not having J.R. Smith or Deion Waiters. <laughs> yeah, because they'd be chucking <laughs> up a shot. Last night in that fourth quarter, boy, JR was showing out. That was uh, that was good. Nice little parlay if you were listening to us. I said it on the air, so uh, hopefully you've cashed in because Crowder had Mavs money line on the air. Gave you the Bucks lakers parlay on the air. Hopefully you're riding the uh, Hockman-Crowder train. Can I cash out? My son's birthday's <laughs> coming up. Can I go ahead? And- no, we never cash out. You know the we rules. You know the rules. <laughs> we only pay. So, we so never this money's out. been digital for five <laughs> years, huh? <laughs> My wife's starting to ask questions. All. <laughs> I saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick did not work out. He is excused at Dolphins camp. I don't know what it means, but um, it looked like the from the review I read that uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Josh Rosen looked 
awful. I saw a uh, write-up from Barry Jackson, Adam Beasley, and Armando Salguero said, on a day, this from the Herald, on a day when Ryan Fitzpatrick was absent for personal reasons, both Josh Rosen and Tua Tonga-Valoa got significantly more work, and though Rosen had the better day, both disappointed. Their combined passer rating was 48.5. For Tonga-Valoa, it was his worst performance over four days of his first training camp. Uh, Tonga-Valoa's first six passes... He threw one interception and lofted a second one that also should have been picked off. They did, I, I mean, a breakdown of every series that Tonga Valoa did. Series one, he double-clutched the snap on first down, threw in I mean, you you you, you bash your head into your desk reading hey, every series breakdown. But On both of those guys, though, Hawk, for Tua, think about what, what's happened to Tua in the last month. He's been praised on every football field he's ever been on since he was in middle school, and now they're breaking down his past. Passing percentage on the first series of practice. <laughs> right, right. Like, bro, he, he, I don't, and I don't know, and I trust him. He played at Alabama, big time football, all that. But for the psyche of Tua, he gonna have to toughen up if he's not there yet. I've never talked to him and hadn't seen enough of him play, but you know, at this level, but that that's a lot. And Rosen, bro, let's think about Rosenhawk. You know he's broken. He gets drafted tenth, gets traded, and then they bring in a, a an old guy and he's starting, and then they bring in the future of the organization right in front of you, like already the first stringer, and he's second when Fitzy's out. Like Josh Rosen, I think his psyche has to be hurting. If it's not, he is the strongest mental individual in the history of sport because, I mean, his entire career is about flaming out and maybe being traded. Like, like there's no, there's no, I, you don't think of a single game play for Josh Rosen, do you? I hope he no. changes it, but I, I just, like, his whole career has been marked by uh, trading up to get him and then not doing well, then trading him after the first season, then getting here, not playing, you know, playing a couple of games and being replaced by, uh, hey, look at this, there's that fake Chris Paul again. I, it's unbelievable how they're working Alfonso Ribeiro on this commercial you guys know that's carlton right boy stop any uh, anyway it took us three days to get this to you that uh yeah josh rosen i i, I can't yeah. imagine that his nfl career has been what he thought it was going to be especially you talking again about a team trading up to take him and dolphins fans if you remember that draft night we were pissed that they got jumped because that was yeah. going to be their guy that was going to be their dude and then even that mm -hmm. tua comes in tua is starting now tua's in front of rosen already right. fitz is gone tua's in like bro this dude, and he was, it's funny thing, at UCLA, he had a lot of questions. And it was funny about the psyche. Does he love football, remember? What was yep. the story, Hawk? We made fun of it. He likes the environment too much yes. or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, has, he has so many outside interests outside of football that he doesn't live and die for football. And so to, to that narrative, and I don't know how, much, how true it is, but to that narrative, he's not the guy that should be going through this in his first three years of his career. Unless he really does not, I don't want to say not care because that, that's not the right um, verbiage there. But if, if he doesn't live and die, if it doesn't define his being, then maybe he's the perfect guy for this. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Because I remember talking to Sage Rosenfeld where he said, you know, like he wanted to be, he wanted to be Dan Marino, wanted to be Dan Marino. And then we were, we were at some part, actually big swaggoo Jeff Darlington's party for Super Bowl last year. And we were talking to Sage and Sage was like, yeah, bro, I talked about my fourth year. I was just happy to be on a team and get a check. Right. I just held a big, I, I held a clipboard. Can you get that? I guess, I, guess, I don't know. I don't, I, let me not quote Sage and say it was four years. But at some point he said he kind of understood what his career was. I think Rosen's too young to really sit back and do that right now. That's a very mature thing No, no, no. I, I, I agree. No, I totally, totally agree. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you in my terms. Like, I'm 50 years old. 
I know what I am with radio. Like, I know what I am. I'm a local radio guy on an AM station. Like, I'm not going to be a nationally syndicated air talent. I'm like, and I'm super comfortable with what I am. But if you ask me that at the beginning of my career, like, is this, and I, I'd be like, no. And now, you know, make it, you're, you're a, a top 10 draft pick and you're, you know, a team traded up to get you and whatnot. Yeah, I think it would take longer than that to be comfortable with, hey, I'm just happy to, to be doing whatever on a football team. I think that there's still that. I mean, and 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 some guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think ever get there, right? No, no, Brett yeah, Favre, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he, he doesn't like he wanted to play. Period. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. wasn't I Ooh. I see the sun setting on my career. It's it's it was like no no no. I'm still what I am, and and it you know you find out that maybe that you're not. But but certain guys, yeah, I think are just thrilled to be part of it. And I, hell, I didn't I didn't I didn't know I wasn't gonna be Junior out till like last Thanksgiving. Like it took me nine <laughs> years of being retired. Oh, so they're not gonna let me in the Hall of Fame? Like, <laughs> so. Huh. Isn't this a bitch? <laughs> ain't messing a brother over. But no, it, Rosen, I am interested to see the future of his career moving forward. And the we know the future's not in Miami. But hes I think he can be in the league for 10, 12 years. He probably along, could. Along that Sage Rosenfeld career yes. path. Yes, And yes. I don't know if that's – that's a tough pill to swallow, as we were both kind of saying. But, again, you do that for 10 or 12 years. I mean, you probably have $18 million in the bank when it's all set. Probably more than half for, for what yeah. he was uh, – where he was drafted. Actually, um, me, me and Sage talked about it. Say my best salary year, Sage never made over what I made. But he did. I mean, he had but, so much less physical contact than yep. you. But six you know what years, I mean? Like six years with one high salary over eighteen years of mediocre salary. Right. The eighteen years are going to catch up. You know, and when I say mediocre in the league, Hawk, we're talking about right. three four million dollars <laughs> right. a year. Yeah, we're we're not. So, uh, let's do the math. Fifteen real life. Bro, fifteen times three. It's almost fast forty five racks, man. Yeah, not, and not deal. having the. Not having the pressure of being a starting quarterback, and he was for for uh, several seasons, yeah. but Saints not having play. the pressure. That's the crazy and, part. Yeah, yeah. I use his name because he could play ball. He just yep. You knew he couldn't do that, Man, bro. He's Fitzy. Let's be honest. Game three, Heat Pacers tomorrow. Three <laughs> back to PM. the Ujury story. <laughs> <laughs> there is more updates on that if you want. No, we don't need it. We're sure. We're sure. Yeah. Good. Guy okay. gave us a second by second review of the the police tape. And now his foot moving towards the left, as you see, the fist is getting clenched. Game three. Ended the whole thing by singing O Canada. It was a good nine, <laughs> ten minutes. I don't know what happened. O Canada, one of the better national anthems out there, right? Like Without we're, question. We're not Without Canadian. Question. We're not Canadian. I bet you we all know at least the first two, three stanzas. Well, I know the first uh, two words. Oh, Canada. I don't know any more words. Hawk and Crowder having fun, giving you insight that you don't always hear. And I'm not just talking about food takes and silly takes, but Crowder was in the league. Kind of tells you those things like Sage Rosenfeld in the league for 12 years. Made a little bit of money for a football player instead of a lot right away, but he spaced it out. Probably living pretty, 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 pretty good now. Something else that's pretty, 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 pretty good. The week that was on the Hawk and Crowder show, I like to call them the Hawkman Highlights and Crowder Crowd Pleasers. Hawkman Highlights. Highlights. Crowder Crowd Pleasers. Crowd Pleasers. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Hi. Talk about it. Highlight. Let's be honest. 
Tua has a crowded body. I don't know how that makes you feel. I have a mass of nipples with meat in the middle. You know oh my, my feet. God, are you disgusting. I mean, just I a foul creature. I like to keep my toenails long in case I need to cut something. Oh, remarkably, that's not even the fifth worst thing on his foot. His teeth are a better attribute than his feet. <laughs> Talk about it. I may be really late to the party on this. You know on those State Farm commercials, there's that fake Chris Paul? That's your boy. That's Alfonso. You knew that? I yes. had no idea. <laughs> you haven't paid attention. That's Carlton. Hi. Me chugging a beer, betting a horse. <laughs> Yesterday, sing it with me, oh Christ. All my troubles seem so far away. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. The good news is, if it does come here Monday, put your Girl Scout cookies outside and let them blow away. Talk about it. Mmm, delicioso. You don't have to lug it around to the store and find the storekeeper. Storekeeper? What am I in? Mayberry here? Storekeeper? I mean, what, what, what in 2020? Do you even know what a storekeeper is, Solana? No I'm idea. To, I'm, I'm talking to Andy Griffith and Mayberry over. Talk about it. I became rerun from uh, What's I Happening. Hey, hey, hey. I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. You know oh, my, my feet. God, are you disgusting. I'm, I'm pleased. If you don't know what all that's about, I suggest you tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe for the Hawk and Crowder Show, or at least download the podcast. You can download the podcast for Hawk and Crowder. This show or any of the shows you hear on the radio station at our website, WQAM.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Do it. Do it. Do it. Speaking of Tua, 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 Coach Flores recently talked about Tua and his first practices. As we go, and I'm not going to get into specifically what we're going to do with each individual player, but you know, obviously he's coming off the hip. I think he's looked good thus far from that standpoint physically. And, you know, if guys can go and they're feeling good, then, you know, we revisit it really on a daily basis. So, again, case by case. Uh, as far as how he's looked the, the first two days, uh, some good, some bad, a lot to uh, improve upon, some good throws, some good decisions, some throws that aren't so good, some some not so good decisions. So, to, uh, you know, like all the quarterbacks, I mean, we really could probably say the same thing for all of them. You know, obviously we're evaluating all, all the quarterbacks and all the players on the roster. A lot of improvement needs to, be, needs to be made, but, you know, I'm pleased with, you know, all our quarterbacks as well as, you know, a lot of the players that are, that are out there competing now. That is coach talk at its best. Basically, I'm saying a whole lot of words that don't mean a whole lot of anything. We're keeping everything under wraps. You will see what happens when the regular season gets started. Thank you very much for that. Konnichiwa, as I say. Feel Good Friday. We're about done. It is time to drift off into the weekend. Had good music from Kali Buds, the Crown Prince of Reggae, Dennis Brown. Hopefully you got some good sports information, some good headlines, some good times, and more ahead with the weekend. I am Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio, and this is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 